better. Hey, good morning. Hey, wardrobe change. This is for you guys today. I was, I was back. I was like, I'm not going to make it. You guys got to help me out. And I'm just back there. I'm, but I'm here today. Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, who's your one? Who's your one? Just turn to your neighbor. If you don't know how to say it, I got it on my t-shirt for you today. Who, who is your one? Man, I want to preach a message today. I'm excited about who is, who is your one? We've been in a series called Church in the Wild. Church in the Wild. And we believe that God's called us to go out and be on mission and to change the world. And you guys, I believe every single one of you in here today, you believe it's in your spirit now that you want to be the church in the wild. And so I want to help you get there today in week three. But if you haven't been here watching with us today, I want to catch up on week one and week two. I've been reading this to you every single day. I want to read to you one more time. You guys can make sure that fog is off back there. I don't want you, these people, I'm not speaking a message on hell. So I want to make sure that that, that fog goes down. But here's what we believe. We believe that God has called us to be a church in the wild that our time is right now. We were made for this moment. We all have a part to play. What we do today, it affects tomorrow. We believe that we have what it takes. We are the church in the wild. And I believe that's in some of you guys. It's getting in your, it's getting in your system. It's getting in your spirit. And we're all called to go out and be a church in the wild. So here's one of the things that we've committed to over this season, over the, over the, over this, um, this month is that we wanted to make a huge impact throughout this month because we don't believe church should exist in the four walls. We believe that church should go out of the four walls. That's when church happens. This is a pep rally. This is like a couple out of boys, some fist bumps. And then we go out there and we live life on mission, just like these teachers are going to go out and live life on mission. Where you go at your job, you should live life on mission. Some of you guys in here today, moms and dads, life on mission happens when you get, when you go home today because you got a lot of, we've committed to serving beyond the walls. And so we, we did this thing where we decided, hey, we're going to feed a lot of people in this season because people are hungry. It blows my mind. There are people out there today in our city who don't have a, a meal. So in week one, we, we sent out over 10,000 meals and, and just week one of this series, which is week one of August. And over COVID, we've sent out well over 25,000 meals because a church in the wild goes out and does things. We go out and serve people and love people. And I'm so thankful about that. And when you're at a church in the wild, people notice. I got a phone call this week. It was an unknown number. I typically don't answer unknown numbers. Honestly, I typically don't, don't answer very many phone calls of numbers that I do know. And so I'm like, just um, when people call me, my first response is this. Why aren't they texting me? <laughs> Anybody with me on that? Like, you're just like, why? I just would rather receive a text and I don't want to hear your voice. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. I, I ended up getting the voicemail and it was from the CEO of um, Second Harvest Food Bank. And they said, hey, we are so impressed by your church. You guys have done so much for people in our community, in our city. When you do things in the wild, people notice. They start talking about it. They start, they start, they start looking out for you. So that was week one. Week two, uh, we went out and served some meals in our, in our city. So we went to three different schools. We fed over 150 teachers. We gave out school supplies for over 40 teachers. At a, we took care of a whole entire school. Um, I put on Facebook, hey, uh, we need some backpacks. And um, I think we're well over 60 backpacks already, and um, I just asked some friends, and people were people saw that I was doing that, and they were like, man, we want to be a part of that. Because when you do things people in the wild, people notice. And so on Facebook, I said, we need some backpacks. So I've got backpacks shipped to me from Texas. I, I put a video on Facebook, but I had boxes outside of my door. The UPS guy, they know there's a church in there. It's a church in the wild. And we got boxes. I've got backpacks, and so we've got well over 60, 50 or 60 backpacks today, and the reason why we got that phone call is because somebody noticed. A teacher that goes to our church, goes, or she works for the PTO, she goes, hey, I, you guys are collecting a lot of school supplies. Can we, can we get in on that? <laughs> because people have noticed what we're doing. There's, we should be a church. We should be a church in the wild. And 
backpacks. And so then th- this week, I believe that God's called us to, to help feed the homeless people in our community. So we're going to, th- this month, and with our partnership with, um, with Matthew's Hope, we, we dropped off a check with them this week, and they are feeding hundreds of people every single week. They're giving masks out to people. They're giving medical help. Um, you guys know that the, this, um, the, the mental illness is, a, is, is, is becoming another epidemic, pandemic type of situation that we're finding ourselves in our, in our country, and they are serving these people with mental illness. I just believe that when you start doing things, people start noticing. I believe we're a church. church. The people should notice at the church. You know, we notice everything else, don't we? We notice when we notice when when Target's having a sale. You know what I'm saying? Like we're like, yo, Target, let's go. Or you notice when the mall is, or you know when your store, or you notice when Amazon, or you notice when some major things are shifting in our community. And I just believe when you're a church, people should notice when the church begins, when the church begins to move. So week one, we looked at our faith. We looked at our faith. Do what, to be a church in the wild, you have to have great faith. So we looked at a couple things about faith. We believe that you have to have the faith to believe. You have to have the faith to believe. You, that's gonna that's gonna be the difference maker. We have to have faith to believe. And we have to have faith to build. If we're gonna build something that matters, if we're gonna build lives, these teachers are gonna go out. And they're gonna build lives. If you're gonna go out and build lives. If, if I'm gonna go out and build lives wherever I go and make an impact wherever I'm at, I'm gonna have to have the faith to do that. That was week one. Week two, we learned this. It's time to get in the game. It's time to get in the game. So last week, my my plea to you or my ask for you last week was, hey, start serving, jump on the dream team. And yesterday we had two families come and help help us set up the church, brand new families. They haven't gone through next steps yet, and it's coming, but they haven't came. And so um, Amy walked in with with her husband, her two kids. And so that was four people. And then um, another lady walked in, which is one of her friends, and her name is Joanne. And Joanne walked in with her family and her husband, and one son walked up, a second son walked up, and a third son, I was like, let's go. The more, the merrier. And so we jumped right in. You got to get in the game. You got to get in the game. Had a, a friend of ours, she came to the church during COVID-19. She goes, hey, I want to start serving here. And I want to encourage you today. We don't need you to serve. God needs you to serve. Because when you serve, you're like Jesus. The Bible said Jesus came to serve, serve people. But today I want to preach to you a message called Who's Your One? I want to preach a message today called Who, Who's Your One? Because I believe this, that God's called us to go on to reach the world for Jesus Christ. You know what I know about that? It takes all of us. If we're going to change, if we're going to, if we're going to make sure more people know about who Jesus is, we're going to have to go on and start reaching some people. I mean, a church in the wild, we can't just be like, yo, we want to feed people and that's good. You should feed people. We should, our giving and our serving, we should do all those things. We should, the Bible says you should feed the, feed the people who are hungry. You should give clean water and you should put jackets and, and backpacks. My, my, my goodness, jack, backpacks for kids who don't have backpacks. And, and my kids have multiple backpacks. There's people in our kids in our community who can't afford a backpack. We should be able to help school supplies, all those things. We should do all those things. Jesus says, when you saw me thirsty, you should have given me water. When you saw me hungry, you should have given me food and, and so on. So we should do that. We ought to, we ought to serve in our church. We ought to do that. That's, that's great. Those are good things. But the Bible has been, Bible is very clear that God's called you and I to go on to reach the world for Jesus Christ. Not to reach the world for Hope Church, not to reach the world for you, and not to reach the world for me, but to go out and reach the world for Jesus Christ, to be, to be about kingdom stuff, to be about reaching people. There's only one thing that's going to last when we get off this earth. Your house isn't going to last. Your 401k is not going to last. Your C, your, whatever you got, you saved up, your, none of that's going to last. The only thing that's going to last when we leave here today, or when we die on this earth, when our, our, our time expires, is what we do for the kingdom of God. I had lunch with Marty this week. I said, dude, why are you so excited? He said, oh, I just got the phone call with the guys over in Kenya, and they're doing this, and they're doing this, and we're trying to get the church going there and, and help them get more people come to the church and doing more things, doing more things. And he was so excited because kingdom stuff excites people. It excites people. People like, people like serving. People like, people like giving. 
I was telling our church, one of our core values is we are generous. And I was telling our church, you find out if you're generous or not when you go through a season where there's not a lot. Our church is becoming, and it is a generous, it is a generous church. But Jesus uses the word one throughout scripture a handful of times when referring to reaching the world for Christ. In Luke chapter 15, it's called the, I call it the trilogy, trilogy. And there's three different stories in Luke chapter 15. And I want to just kind of run through them really quickly for you. But in the first one, there's a story of a, of a, of a guy who loses his sheep. And in just a few moments, our band's going to come up and we're going to sing, uh, we're going to sing a song that's going to illustrate that a little bit more for us. But he loses his sheep. And here's what the Bible says about that one lost sheep. The guy had 99. He had 100. He lost 99, but he went after the one sheep. In Luke chapter 15, verse 4, the Bible says this. If a man has 100 sheep and just one of them gets lost, if he's you and me, he lets that one go. But the Bible says, what will he do? Will he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for that one that is lost? Until he, Will he go after the one? If it's Jesus, he will. Jesus will go after the one. You and I may say, oh, it's just a sheep. It's not that big of a deal. But we're called to go after the one because Jesus is about the one. The very next the very next part of that passage of scripture, right down the, another illustration Jesus uses is about a woman who's at her house and she loses one of her coins. She's got 10 coins and she loses one of the coins. The Bible says in Luke chapter 15, verse eight, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and she loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? If I lose one coin, it's gone. It's gone. I was at the gym yesterday, and my kid walks out of the little daycare area, and he's like, I'm ready to go, Dad. And I said, cool. I said, where's your shoe? And he goes, I lost it. So he's like, "Let's." he don't care. He didn't pay for the shoes. You know what I'm saying? Spoiled little guy. His kid's in here today, so I had to re-navigate. Hey, good news. Let's put our hands together. Next week, our preschool services are opening back up. Come on, let's put our hands together for that. That's exciting. They've done incredible. Elementary, that's September. Nothing to be excited about quite yet. But preschool, we got you guys taken care of. Zero to four. It's going to be awesome. But he, he's walking out. He's like, yo, it's just a shoe. No big deal. NBD, dad. He doesn't care. He didn't pay for it. That's what I would do. But if G, but if in this story, this is illustrating about Jesus going after the one, about reaching the one. And so he says, hey, I'd go get, I'd, you'd go find that one lost coin. You have nine. Sure, yeah, that's awesome. You have nine, but you go after the, you go after the one. In Luke chapter 15, a son leaves his father. He's gone. He's like, my dad, and give me my inheritance. And he takes off. Here's what the Bible says about that one, because now we're talking about people. We got a sheep. We got a coin. We got a person. Luke 15, verse 20. So he returned home. The son returns home. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, and he was filled with love and compassion. And he ran to his son, and he embraced him. He was looking for that one lost son. He had a son, one left, and he was waiting back. Now, you and I might say, well, I've got one. One's not one. Out of two's not that bad. When I take pictures with my kids, sometimes I'll have three or four, three of them in the picture. And people always, it, it never fails. People say, you're missing one. And I always write back, three out of four is not bad. Come on, somebody, you know, like 75%. Like, and people, I think some people get offended. They're like, that's rude. And it's not your kid, so I don't care. You know, I do me, you do you. And so I have, I have this, this, if I, if I lose one, I'm like, I got three more. Jesus, if I lose something, I go find it. I want to let you know today, if you're a believer in here today, Jesus came and found you. You didn't find yourself. You didn't save yourself. Jesus came and found you. There's a story in the book of Matthew I want to read to you for just a moment. It's just three quick three uh, quick verses that I, I think would help you and I today. And in um, Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. 
Now, to give you context, Jesus is building out his squad. And I just believe this today with all my heart. You got to have the right kind of squad around you. And, and, and sometimes I was, I was thinking about my message today, and I thought to myself, man, Jesus needed people. Why in the world do we think that we don't need people? So Jesus is building out his squad, his community of guys are going to go and he's going to roll with. And it says in verse 18 that he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter and Andrew, and they were throwing a net into the water, and they fished for a living. So we've got professional fishermen out there casting their rods, casting their nets, cast, catching fishes. In verse 19, Jesus walks up with the shirt that says, who's your one? And he says this to the guys, hey, guys, come and follow me, and I'll show you how to fish for people. Now, this is there for a reason. There, Jesus, this, this is there for you and I today. Because Jesus is calling you and I right now out of your seat to go out there and find your one. Now, you teachers, you don't have it easy. You got it really hard to say that. But there's some ones that are going to come to you to this, this week, this year. Some of you guys, wherever you work at, if you work at home, maybe your one is your cat or your dog for right now. There's no one right there. Maybe your one's on Facebook. And we've reached a lot of people in this season on Facebook. That's why we've tried so hard to make sure this online experience is good for the people that aren't quite back yet. And so he says to you this pastor, hey guys, I want to, I'm, I'm calling you. I'm, I'm calling you to come after me and to, to follow me. He goes, I'm going to show you how to fish for people. And the Bible says this, in verse 20, and they left their nets immediately. They left their nets at once. At once, it says. And they followed after Jesus. I hope today when we leave here, you're saying, man, I want to be a, I want to be part of the church in the water because the church is not this building. The church is you and me. I want to go out and be the, I want to go out and give and serve and love and do the things that God's calling me to do out in the wild, wherever I go, whatever I eat, whatever I drink, whatever I do, I want to go out and do it for the glory of God. The Bible says he left their nets immediately. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets, and they call, and, and he called to them. Hey, guys, Bible says in verse 22, they immediately followed him, and they left their boat and their father behind. You know, I don't think, sometimes we look at these stories like, man, I hope Jesus doesn't ask me to leave my car behind. I hope Jesus doesn't ask me to leave my house behind. He's not asking you to leave anything behind. And in a lot of ways, Jesus is saying, hey, take what you have, and let's use it for the kingdom of God. If you have a boat, put some people on there and go out and love them with it. If you have a house, open those doors wide open, invite the people in and have a meal with them. If you've got, if you, if you, if you pass by a donut shop, grab some donuts and take it to your neighbors. Like he's telling us, hey guys, you don't have to leave a bunch of stuff, but you got to go out and do some things. So I want to give you three things today I think that I get from this passage of scripture. And the Bible tells in this passage of scripture that Jesus was building out a squad to go out and reach the one. I was thinking about it this morning. I'm like, man, I wonder how long it took. I wonder if Jesus wouldn't have left the earth as soon as he did if he didn't have the squad built out. Just stuff I think about. Maybe you never thought about that before. But I'm like, and if the squad would have never got built, would he have ever been able to go out and do this thing called the church? I want to give you three things today. And here's the first one. It starts with one. It starts with, it starts with one. You know, Mother Teresa, she helped a lot of people. Billy Graham helped a lot of people. And uh, Nelson's in here today. We've, we've been able to share the gospel with a lot of people. But you know what I know? It only starts, it just starts with just one. You don't have to go out and say tomorrow, I'm going to reach my whole entire neighborhood for Christ. You know what you got to do tomorrow? Wake up and say, I'm going to go out and reach one of my neighbors for Christ tomorrow. And then go out and reach one. It just starts with one. You know, the guys that Jesus used to change the world, they weren't following a model. They were the model. You and I now have the model. So we're supposed to go out and love people and serve people and give and do all the things that God's 
telling our church to go out and do. When we do that, that's how we begin to reach. It just starts with one. I, for me, um, I, when I first started the church, I, I was, um, when I first started the church, I was putting these invite cards. Every time I would get gas, Chris, I would leave this in the, in the credit card slot every time I get gas. I don't know if that's illegal or not, but I was doing it. <laughs> this week, my friend's like, my, I, I walked to the friend, my friend's like, hey, you won't believe what happened this week. I said, what happened? My friend saw one of those invite cards in the gas station. Come on, somebody. God can use anything. He can use anyone to reach someone. It all starts, it all starts with one. Man, I got so, I'll be honest with you, I got, I got super excited about reaching this, the city for Christ. I was driving 30 minutes each way. I was doing all the things. I mean, I was going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth because I want to reach this city for Christ. I started right here serving us YMCA coaching little kids soccer, little kids basketball, because you know what I knew? It started with just one. Here's the second thing. Your one needs you. There's someone out there who needs you. I don't know who they are. I don't know if they, I don't know if maybe they're already in your life, maybe not in your life. But there's someone out there, there's someone out there who needs you. You know what I know? Your faith speaks volumes. Your faith speaks volumes. When you have great faith and when you're, when you have faith, you're, you're, when you're, they're talking to you and you can, they can just tell you you have great faith. Your faith, it speaks volumes to those people. Y'all, here's what also I know that you're serving, you're serving teaches them something. Your serving teaches people, man, hey, man, why, why do they leave every Saturday at 345 to go to church? Or why do they leave every Sunday morning with, to go serve? And they come back with that with that hope shirt on or they come out with that lanyard. You're serving, it teaches. Here's the third thing. You're giving, it motivates. You're giving, it motivates people. You're giving, it motivates people. You're serving, motivates people. I, I, I had a really good thing pop in my mind. I had a lady reach out to me recently. She's new to the church. She goes, hey, I want to serve the coffee. You know, I was like, why in the world does she want to serve the coffee? You want to know why she serves the coffee? Because the person that serves the coffee makes it look like they're glad to be there. It, they're like, it looks fun there. I don't, I don't know how ever they're doing, but we got a, we got a baller coffee serving ministry. Like these guys, the dream team that serve the coffee, like, I, I think they like the church more than I do. Yeah, I'm just going to toss it out there. Like, they're just happy to be there. They don't even, like, they're like, the coffee's burning their hand, third degree burns. They don't care. They're still serving coffee. They're just always smiling. The guys in our parking lot, if I, if I pulled in, I saw Matt and Lance in the parking lot, I'd want to work in the parking lot too. Because that serving, it communicates. The giving, it communicates. People are like, yo, I don't want to miss out on a backpack. We got people sitting backpacks from all over the, all over the United States just so they can be a part of doing something. Here's what I know. You're one that needs you. Everything you do, it communicates. Teacher, there's going to be that one kid. I'm gonna give you a code, a code name for that one kid. And I know really good about this one kid because I was the one, the one kid. And maybe you don't know this terminology yet. You don't know if you got it in your master's degree, Kelsey, but there's a, there's a phrase for kids like me growing up. It was, it was called EGR. And I can tell by none of you nodding your head, you don't know what that means yet. And you don't, maybe you have to have a doctor to know this. Maybe you don't learn it in your master's degree, but EGR stands for extra grace required. <laughs> Come on, teachers. I know that kid because you're looking at him. When parents come to me and say, I just don't know what to do with my kid. He's a mess. I just need to start sending him to my dad because I was a mess until I was 25 years old. So I tell parents, hang in there. The best is yet to come. When they get to 25, hopefully it get better. You know what I knew? Someone took me in. I was someone's someone. Craig Killinan saw me and said, that guy needs my help. And my dad made sure I was there at church on Sunday night. So my mom was there. Make sure it was at church on Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Tuesday night for visitation. I grew up before that. I was, I, I grew up, that was, I, I was at the church I went to growing up. 
when I grew up, when I was a little bit younger, I grew up in black church. In black church, they have church seven nights a week. Kids choir, adult choir, whether you're a kid or not. Visitation for kids, visitation for adults, Sunday school at night. And I was there all the time. Sit in hard wooden benches. You know what I know? I was someone, someone. Can I encourage you today? Man, God's preparing that one for you. Are you looking for them? Because they're walking by you every single day. and Either you're letting them go by or you're stopping them. And you're being kind to them. And you're loving them. Your one, your one needs you. I wrote down in my notes. I heard this in a podcast I was listening to this weekend. It's not on the notes, but you should write it down. But we should leave people better than we found them. Point number three, I'm going to invite the band to come up and we're going to sing our, our guts out. And here's the third one. Your one needs Jesus. Your one needs you. But your one, what they really need is Jesus. Your one needs Jesus. I, I see people every single day and they are, they are struggling. I could just, you could just see struggle has a look. I believe grace has a look and grace has a smell, but struggle has, I see people just walking around struggling. And you know what I know probably is what you know is this. The only thing that's going to fix their life is Jesus. There is nothing that can fix anyone's life except for Jesus, the son of God. There's nothing that can fix anyone's life except for Jesus. And hey, you know who, you know who's going to introduce your one to Jesus? You. I can't introduce my, I can't introduce Jesus to these teachers, students. I can't do that. Only they can do that because they're going to be around those students. I can't do that. Chris runs, works at Aldi. I can't give Jesus to the Aldi workers. I don't want to, I don't go there. I don't, I don't shop there. My, my wife, my wife does the Aldi runs. I get, I get, uh, here's why. Like I don't, I don't suffer with anxiety really bad, but if you want to see me have anxiety, send me to a grocery store. I start sweating. Not because I'm afraid of COVID-19, but I'm afraid of getting the wrong thing. Nobody wants to be a loser. You know what I'm saying? I like to win. I get there. They might, where's she at? It's, it's not, I don't know why. Go get a, a can of cream of mushroom. There is a whole freaking wall. And I'm just going like this. And I'm sweating. I'm thinking, if I was a girl, which one of these would I want? You can never go, guys, you can never go wrong with light. I don't think. I'm like, maybe she wants light. I'm just staring there. And then, guys, I do the thing that nobody wants to do. Hey, you there? Can I FaceTime you? Because I don't know exactly what to get. My voice is cracking. I'm sweating from my bald head. I'm, and now I'm sweating everywhere. Just nervous. All the guys that you, if you know what I'm talking about, guys, raise your hand. Thank you. If you didn't raise your hand, no one likes you. <laughs> You're that husband that your wife sends the, because you've gotten really good at it. Hey, church. Your one needs you. Everywhere you go, there's someone who needs Jesus. Everywhere you go. In our house, we need Jesus. There's not a place I go where there's someone who doesn't need, who doesn't need Jesus. Took so gave me to my, my favorite Rex, my favorite Mexican restaurant the other day, and I was like, how do you know that guy? I said, Oh, I met him. I said, whenever the pole shooting happened, the Winter Garden had a had a had a big prayer vigil. And they couldn't find one pastor to come and pray. Our church was barely started. They couldn't have it. They couldn't find a pastor to come and pray for 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 the for the city. Right after that shooting happened, like two weeks later, a week later, and they're like, "Hey, do you?" They called me. I don't even know. How, I don't, I think I got. I don't even know how they got. They got, got a hold of me. They got a hold of me. Like, hey, can you come? And I'm like, 
How many people are gonna be there? Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I can share Jesus, yeah. And I met the owner of the restaurant. He came to our church. And I'm and I, and I do life with him. Everywhere I go, someone, someone needs Jesus. I went to that same Mexico, Mexican restaurant this week with another friend. I was telling the guy's story. He's like, how do you know that guy? I said, oh, here's what happened. Everywhere I go, someone needs Jesus. Your, your one needs Jesus. Who's your one? I want to leave here today knowing that you're going to go out and you're going to find, you're fine, the one. Jesus is what the world needs right now. Here's what I wrote in my notes, and I don't know if this is okay to say or not, but if you bring your friends, we're going to share with them Jesus. But if you don't bring your friends, then you have to share with them Jesus. You're like, that's a good sales tactic, Wes. I like that. Like, you're going to have to figure it out, like I did. It was more like this, hey, if you die today, do you know where you're going to spend eternity yet? I had, I was I was sweaty, nervous. Jesus died on the cross for sin. He loves you. He has a plan for your life. I had to work through that. Nelson's here today. He has the gift of evangelism, and it just, and it's, it just eats at him to share the gospel with people. It just eats at me just from his core. The first time he led the God, probably, Nelson will tell you, the first time I led someone to Jesus, it was probably rough. But now I'm like, yo, what you're doing is not working. You need Jesus. Bow your head. Close your eyes. Let's do this. You're like, that's how you do it. That's all it takes. You need Jesus. Your one needs Jesus. Just one. Your, your one needs you, and your one needs Jesus. Can I show you how it works? We're going to stand and sing, okay? John Wesley Beecham is on the front row. And why don't you stand up real quick, John? The third. And let's say I spend a relationship with, with John, and I lead him to Christ. He gets saved. Stay right there. Don't go anywhere. And then I come over here to Josh in the back left. Josh, stand up. And I lead Josh to Christ. And, it's, and, and he gets saved. Just like that. Let's say I just lead one Mosby to the Lord. The one dead in front of me. Why don't you stand up for me? I lead, just stay standing. And I just lead one Mosby to the Lord. And let's say it takes me, ten, let's, say it, let's say it takes you one year to lead him to Christ. And, and one year, and one year. Let's say I lead Joy to Christ in the back. Joy, why don't you stand up? And it just takes you one year. It's going to take me four years to reach four people. It's going to take a long time. But what if John just turned around and tacked someone right there? Why don't one of you guys turn? Why don't you stand up? Why don't you just turn around and point at someone, have them stand up? Why don't you point at someone, have them stand up? Why don't you, Joy, point at someone else? And then once you stand up, why don't you point at someone else because they're not touching? And just start pointing at people. And if you point, someone just point at you, why don't you stand to your feet, okay? Just start pointing at someone. There's your point. Point at someone else. If you're standing, point at someone. If you're standing and right there, right there, you guys can stand up. You right there, Nicole, you can stand up. Everyone start pointing at someone. Make eye contact with somebody and start pointing at them because it can go a lot faster. Come on, man. It can go a lot faster if we start reaching you for Christ. But what takes me four years by myself, we all can do it in four years. We can reach this city for Jesus. We can go out after one and reach that one person and they can be saved. And then when we go to heaven, they're going to be there with us. If you're excited today and you want to reach some people for Christ, let's put our hands together. Let's believe this.
shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, you're coming after me. Yes, God. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, you're coming after me. Come on, let's sing it. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, you're coming after me. here's what I know about God. He's not done saving people. The world's not saved yet. I can tell because I don't have to go very far to see that. Go right to my phone today and tell you the world's, the world's not all saved. Go to my gym. Go to the restaurants. The world's not saved yet. And until they are, it's us. I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment. If you're watching online today, your online host is going to send you a website. So it's a link to a website where you can know more about following Jesus. If you're in the room in here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you don't, you're not even going to get the whole take the one because you you are the one right now that Jesus wants to save. So if you're here today and you're like, Wes, I'm not saved. I mean, that, that just moved me. Like that whole message moved me. Your words moved me. And But I just realized I'm not saved today. Right where you're at, would you just say, dear Jesus, I'm, 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 I'm a sinner. I admit that I've done wrong. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. You changed my life at the cross. You died for me. You died as me so I could have a new life. Today, Jesus, I'm committing my life to you. I'm giving you my life. Please save me. Change me. Separate my sins as far as the east is from the west. Lead me and guide me all the days of my life. Keep me close to you, Jesus. And then say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving us today, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would help us to go out and be on mission today go out and reach our neighbors for Christ. starts with the conversation. It starts with a kind gesture. Maybe it starts with a wave. It starts with a smile. We can all do that, God. We can all smile and wave. A conversation. And after that conversation, we can tell someone, hey, when they ask us, they're going to ask us. The world will ask. If, we, if, if you're a church in the wild, they will ask you why, why you look different. And we can give, be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. Jesus, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated for just a moment. Hey, thanks so much for spending your Sunday morning with us. 
If you're new with us today, don't forget to fill out our online connect card. You can go to our website at hopewintergarden.com and click on the I'm new tab. Take a minute to fill that out and then on your way out, stop by the info bar tent and we'd love to put a small gift in your hand. Just a small token of our appreciation for you being here. At Hope Church, one of our core values is that we are generous. If this is your first time with us, please don't feel any obligation to give whatsoever. We're just so glad you're here. If you did come prepared to give today, there are a few different ways that you can do that. You can give online at hopewintergarden.com or you can text an amount to 84321. You can also drop your gift off with one of our ushers located in the back of the auditorium. Hey Hope Church, this is Pastor Scott Blue with Matthew's Hope. I just want to say thank you for once again coming alongside with us, not once but several times during this crisis. You know that we're now serving over 500 people on a monthly basis. We have 18 properties that we're trying to take care of, with eight employees and just a handful of volunteers. This is huge. We have gone through a million dollars of resources in just four and a half months. This will help. Thank you so much. Keep us in prayer. That's the most important thing. Thank you for your generosity. It is truly making a difference in our community and around the world. We want to make sure you are up to date on all that is happening here at Hope Church for you and your family. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at hopewintergarden.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We have enjoyed being with you today. At this time, we're about to dismiss. So go ahead and get those masks ready. We believe the best is yet to come. And our hope is that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Thanks again for being with us and we will see you next week.